You are listening to the Woman of Faith podcast, hosted by award-winning author and transformation coach, Nancy Ruffin. Whether you're establishing your faith journey or just getting started, the Woman of Faith podcast is passionate about sharing stories of faith that will inspire you to boldly live the life you were created for. If you're ready to elevate your faith and step into who God created you to be, then you're in the right place. So let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. I am your host, Nancy Ruffin. You are tuned in to the Woman of Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week of scripture-based podcasting. Um, Before I get started with this week's episode, I just want to offer a moment of silence for the tragedy, the mass shooting that happened in Texas last week because I know um, for many of us it was a really hard week to get through um, but I'm sure that it's no harder than for the parents of the children who were lost in the shooting so I just want to offer for the next 15-20 seconds um, a moment of silence for those lives that were lost of those young children and of the teachers um, and also for the families who have now who now have to navigate um, a new reality based on the senseless killing by by that eighteen year old monster. So let's just pause for a minute and just uh, give a moment of silence. Okay, um, so with that, I pray that in spite of the rough week we have had, um, that you were able to find moments of joy. Um, This is something that I talk about a lot, about being intentional, about joy, about cultivating happiness in your life, because it is our responsibility to do that. You know, we have been... I think, conditioned to believe that happiness and joy exist outside of us. And so we spend a majority of our lives looking for things or people to make us happy when in reality we have the key all along. We are the key uh, to the happiness that we are seeking. And if we're not intentional about curating and creating joy and happiness um, for ourselves, we will waste so much of our time seeking that in other people and they don't have the power to truly make us happy. So I hope that you start to become intentional about that. You know, spend some time with yourself, self-reflecting, figuring out who you are. What is it that brings you joy? What is it that makes you happy? And then be intentional about creating experiences where you can feel that joy, when you can feel that happiness. And also be intentional about removing yourself from situations and from spaces and relationships that rob you of your peace, of your joy, and of your happiness. There's no reason why you should be subjecting yourself to situations that make you sad, 
that make you depressed, that cause you anxiety. You do not have to participate in the misery of another person, right? You at any moment of your life can remove yourself from toxic, unhealthy, unhappy situations. And if you have not begun to do that, I encourage you to start doing that. And the way that you begin by doing that is by beginning to understand who you are. Take, you know, 30 minutes out of your day, every single day to just sit with yourself. Ask yourself, what makes me happy? What brings me joy? What are the things where I feel at most peace? What are the things that make me happy, that make me laugh, that make my spirit feel good? And maybe in the beginning, you might not be able to answer those questions, right? Because you've spent so much of your life living for other people, for making other people happy, for making sure that other people are taken care of, that when we force ourselves to sit in our own solitude and in our own presence and we start to ask these questions of ourselves we stay stuck because we haven't spent enough time with ourselves to really know who we are so i encourage you to start doing that start getting to know yourself again and start being intentional about giving yourself the things that you so freely give to others start loving on yourself like so much that you start to overflow with love, that the love starts to spill outside of you. Because when I think about these situations, like what happens in Texas, I immediately think about the shooter and what was missing in his life, that what spilled out of him was hatred and violence, you know, and, and, and um, just wanting to hurt and harm other people. Right. That is a a spillage of what was happening within himself, because people who are happy, people who are filled with love and with joy, don't go around wanting to harm or hurt or inflict violence on other people. So we have to start doing the difficult inner work to understanding who we are. And then, you know, and doing the hard work to get ourselves healthy, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you know, and letting go of the toxicity that we have for whatever reason um, learned to live with. God did not create you or me or any of us to be filled with hate, to inflict violence on one another. Um, and, And what's happening in the world is just a reflection of what's happening within individuals. And everything starts with self. Everything starts with self. And so I invite you to really start taking a long, hard look at yourself and how you are contributing to the vibration of the world. Um, And so this week, I actually want to talk about friendships, um, right? And and how do you show up in your friendships? What do you expect of your friends? What kind of friend are you? Because one of the things that I kept reading in the news, uh, you know, about the shooter was that he was bullied. He was a loner. He didn't have any friends. And so many of these individuals who do these mass shootings are people who don't have friends, are people who are bullied, who who are loners, who don't um, feel valued or appreciated or loved, you know? And so um, I wanted to do a show 
um, about examining our friendships and how we show up in our friendships and what the Bible says about friendships. And then I wanted to use um, the friendship between Jonathan and David in the Old Testament as the example that the Lord has given us, you know, so that we can show up in the same way in our friendships, you know, and this is why I stress reading the Bible because the Bible has all of the answers to every single situation we might experience Everything that we encounter in life, the Bible has an example for it. The Bible has the the answer, right? The solution that we are looking for when we find ourselves in certain situations. So we have to get in the habit of getting in the word. And for me, it was really important to talk about friendships as I... Um, prepare as me and Teresa, my co-leader for the Women of Faith cohort, prepare to um, launch the next cohort. Cohort 5 of the Women of Faith Bible study starts June 29th. And when I think about how it started and where it's going and what it's growing into, it just fills me with so much joy Um, And gratitude, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude with what God is doing within this group, with the relationships that he is forging, the bonds that are forming, the friendships and the sisterhood that have evolved as a result of all of us just deciding that we wanted to learn more about the word of God. And we just showed up every single Wednesday and in the process of showing up. We have really created um, such a special friendship and sisterhood amongst each other that this past weekend, a group of my fellow sisters of faith um, surprised me with a birthday dinner. Um, And it was so unexpected and I was so overwhelmed with gratitude that I think I cried probably three or four times throughout the entire night because I was just so just so happy and so grateful that these women who started off as just participants in a Bible study that I had started um, think so highly enough of me that they wanted to celebrate me on my birthday, that they wanted to show me how much they appreciate me and how I appreciate them, you know, just as much. But it just reminded me how important it is to have friends in your life who care about you, who show you love, who tell you that they appreciate your presence in their life. You know, and so I guess this podcast is really dedicated to the women in my life that I get to do life with, the women who I get to call sisters, the women who I get to call friends, because life is hard and friends make life a little less hard to live, right? Because the friends are are there. They're the ones who we turn to when we find ourselves um, in moments of struggle, when we find ourselves in a challenging situation, when we're trying to cope with loss and grief. Um, You know, it's our friends who really get us through. And they're also the ones who we celebrate our accomplishments with, right? The ones who remind us 
of our greatness, maybe when we don't feel so great. And I know that for me, my life would be just less meaningful if I didn't have, you know, an amazing group of women in my life. And I would have to say that I've always been blessed with incredible women, with incredible friends. Uh, And I'm ashamed to say that I haven't always been the best friend in return. You know, years ago, there were many friendships that I took for granted where I didn't give enough of what was needed in the friendship, you know, to the individual, the individuals who expected more from me, you know, and I take those relationships that ended, I take them as lessons, you know, for how not to show up in my friendships now. And while I recognize that, you know, not all relationships are supposed to um, last a lifetime, um, I am grateful for every friendship that I have had because each relationship, each friendship has given me something, whether it was in that moment of my life or maybe it was just simply to show me um, a lesson, teach me a lesson on how to be a better friend in the future, right? Because we know that relationships, some last uh, for a season, some last for a moment, and others last for a lifetime. And each of those relationships, no matter how short or long they are, serve their purpose, and they teach us something greater about ourselves, about humanity, and just about the world at large. And now, as a result of those relationships where I wasn't my best self, where I didn't show up as the best friend that I could have been, um, it really helped to develop me in the kind of friend that I am today. So I do a much better job in making sure that I do show up for my friends, that I am available to them when they need me, that I show up for them when they need me the most uh, because relationships are a two-way street and we have to be able to give um, as much as we receive and being able to acknowledge when we're not showing up is so important Um, just as communication is in relationships and we know that communication is key in the success of any relationship so whether that is a romantic relationship whether it's a, a, a relationship with your family member a sibling or a relationship with your friend we have to be able to communicate our feelings our needs to the other person Because the truth is, no one is a mind reader, right? And while we would love to believe um, or expect that our friends and our families should be able to know when there's something wrong with us, the truth is that everybody is busy in life. We are all simultaneously trying to navigate this crazy world. We're trying to be effective in our jobs. We're trying to show up in our families for our children and for our spouses and our partners. You know, and so sometimes we're going to miss when something isn't quite right, you know, with our friend or in our relationship. And that's when, you know, you as the friends have to communicate, like if there's something wrong, if something happens and your feelings are hurt, or if someone did something to you and you are offended, you have to be able to communicate those things in your friendships 
Because if you don't, that is the quickest way for friendships to end. And I say that from personal experience because I have lost relationships with individuals from lack of communication. And a lot of times it's because we respond from a place of ego because our feelings are hurt and so we don't know how to communicate that our feelings are hurt or we're afraid to say that our feelings are hurt that we just react um, in in ways that are not productive or conducive to the relationship and at the end of the day that just harms the relationship and so I'm at a point in my life where I will go above and beyond to make sure that um, there's communication happening in my relationships. Like I don't have ego when it comes to my relationships. I have no problem with saying, you know what, you hurt my feelings or when you did this, it was messed up. And I want you to know that, you know, and conversely, you know, I will be the friend that says like, did I do something to you? Like, like, let me know if I hurt your feelings, because sometimes we do things we may not necessarily be aware are hurtful or offensive to someone. Um, and I think that sometimes in that sense, we may take our friends for granted uh, because we expect them to kind of just be there for us and to show up no matter what and to understand when we're having a hard day. Right. And so maybe we might, um, you know, take out our frustrations on our, on our friends and we expect because they're our friends that they're supposed to just deal with it. And and they're not, right? And I think that we owe it to ourselves and to each other um, to call ourselves out when we're not showing up as our best selves in our friendships. Um, so I'm going to end the first segment here, just kind of giving you something to think about. Think about how you show up in your own friendships um, and in what areas maybe you can do better. Um, so that you can have long lasting, healthy friendships, right? Because finding a good friend is hard. So if you have a good friend, show them that you value them, show them that you appreciate them. And sometimes you showing them means that you um, lift the mirror to yourself and take a long, hard look at yourself and ask yourself, how can I show up better in this friendship? And so when we come back, I'm going to get into actual scripture. We're going to get into the Bible and we're going to see what the Bible says about friendships. So sit tight right after this short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Women of Faith podcast. Welcome back to episode three of the Women of Faith podcast. This week, we are talking about friendships. How do we show up in our friendships? What does the Bible say about friendships? And what are some examples in the Bible of true friendships? And how can we use them as the example for our own friendships? And before I get started um, with this episode, just a friendly reminder, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do so so that you can be the first to know when an episode drops. And if you have yet to leave a rating or a comment, I would encourage you like right at this moment, just go back to the episode notes and leave a rating, a review and a comment because in the world of algorithms, 
it really makes a huge difference. And I know it takes about 30 seconds of your time, no biggie for you, but it is a huge deal um, for me and for people who, you know, for podcasters who are really trying to elevate their podcast and get it to the masses, right? The ratings and the reviews really help to push it up um, so that it can get recommended to other listeners. Um, And lastly, if you would like to join the Woman of Faith Bible Study Cohort 5 that is starting on June 29th, it's a Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Time, Um, I'm going to put the link in the episode notes where you can sign up. We look forward to having you join us. So now let's get into segment two when it comes to friendships. Um, And for me, I truly believe that friendship is one of the greatest gifts in life. Um, It is really hard to get through life without having people that you can lean on. And in our friends, we find trusted companions who know us and they love us for who we are no matter what, right? You know, look at at your own friendships and these are the individuals that you can turn to, you know, regardless of the season that you are in. And so while friendships, you know, can be really great, they can also be challenging and they can be messy. And as with any relationship, it takes a lot of work to keep our relationships with friends happy and healthy. Um, And so it requires some work from our part. Like we can't think that we're going to maintain healthy, happy, loving relationships without putting in some effort, right? And so we have to be mindful of this, you know, as we um, exist in our friendships, like how are we nurturing our friendships? What are we doing as individuals um, to make sure that the friendship is thriving and is healthy? And sometimes, you know, it is possible that we can take these very important relationships for granted. And if we find that that's happening, the Bible is a really great place where we can look to as a reminder for how important our friends are. Because I know that it's so easy when we find ourselves hurt, when we find ourselves at odds with our friends, it's so easy to act in that moment, right? It's easy to allow our ego to get the best of us and for us to respond in a way where we're like, you know what, well, I don't need so-and-so. Like, I'm better off by myself. Uh, and we convince ourselves of this, right, when we're angry or when we're hurt. And then we tend to forget, though, all of those moments when we were at our lowest, when maybe we were grieving, maybe when we were, um, you know, trying to find our way again, where our friends were there to lift us up, to pick us up, to carry us, carry us through. And so when we're angry at our friends, it's really easy to forget all of those times when they showed up for us, right? So it's important not to operate from a place of ego because I've never heard anyone say they wish for fewer, less meaningful relationships. Each one of us longs to be more connected more deeply with friends and this is because god 
created us for true friendship. So what does the Bible say about friendship? Well, perhaps more than you think. The theme of friendship weaves through the whole storyline of scripture, climaxing at the cross with Jesus Christ and stretching out you know, into an eternal future of true friendship. Because when we think about Jesus, when we think about the sacrifice that he made for us, right? All he wants is for us to be in relationship with him, to seek him, to have a true friendship with him, right? So the Bible offers several examples and several insights for what true friendship is. And so for this podcast, I'm going to just share three insights that I have had from reading the Bible and from Jesus's example and from some other examples. Um, And the one that I'm going to focus on in this podcast in this episode is the friendship of Jonathan and David. Um, But before we get into that, I want us to kind of just step back a little bit and think about um, the first problem that we encounter in the world, even when we see in the beginning of the book of Genesis, right? The first problem in the world was not sin, though we many of us think that it was, right? With um, Adam and Eve betraying God's command. But the first problem in the world was not sin. It was solitude, right? And so when we look at the book of Genesis, like right at the time of creation, each step of the way, when God was creating the world, he pronounced that everything was good, right? If you look, if you go back and you see day one, when he created um, the the day and the night and the, scars, the stars and the light, like all of that, at, at the end of each day, he says, and it was good, right? But then once he created Adam, there's a statement that differs, right? Something is not good. And if you turn to Genesis chapter two, verse 18, the Lord, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Right. And this was before the fall. This was before sin had even entered the world. Adam was not yet complete. He needed community. Right. And this was why God created Eve from Adam's rib. So what does this show us? Right. That although our deepest problems right now um, are sin and and idolatry, our first problem was social isolation. Therefore, even today in a world filled with society and community and so many people all around us. Right. Proverbs warns that the one who isolates himself breaks out against all sound judgment. And that's Proverbs, um, Proverbs 18, verse 1. And this is such an important reminder about the danger in isolation, right? Because when we isolate ourselves from the world and from each other, we're going against what God wanted for us. If he wanted us to live in isolation, he never would have created Eve. He would have let Adam just roam the world alone with the animals, right? And with the plants and with the trees. But he didn't do that. He created Eve so that Adam and Eve can procreate. And so that there could, we could live in community. 
right? So that's the first insight. We are not created to be alone. We are not created to live with this idea that I don't need anyone. I don't need nobody in my life. I don't need a friend. I don't need to be surrounded by people who love me and encourage me. There's so many people who live with that mindset, right? And because they live with that mindset, they tend to push away the people who want to be in their lives. They push away their friends. They push away their relationships because they believe that they don't need anyone in this world. But the reality is that we all need someone because God created us. To be in community with each other. He did not create us to live in isolation. And the Bible tells the story of the creation, fracturing, and ultimate restoration of true friendship. Right? And so maybe the person who believes they don't need someone is because there has been a fracture somewhere in their life with how they approach their relationships. But I will tell you that God wants you to restore that. He wants you to heal the fracture because he doesn't want you to be by yourself. He doesn't want you to live in isolation. He wants you to live in community, to have relationships with other people, to reestablish your relationship with him. And in the beginning, we see that Adam and Eve enjoyed the fullness of friendship, but their sin led them into hiding. And the reality is that we've been hiding behind our own fig leaf masks ever since. Yet, God is restoring true friendship. This is what he wants to do. He wants to restore friendship with himself As he did with Enoch and Noah, who walked with God, right? And that's a Hebrew expression of friendship. To walk with God is to walk in relationship with God. To walk in friendship. And we see this in Genesis 5.24 and again in Genesis 6.9. In Isaiah 41 verse 8, Abraham was called a friend of God. Moses spoke with God face to face as a man speaks with his friend. He drew near to all who called upon him with true faith. And then Jesus came as the great friend of sinners, befriending all who trust and follow him. He came to lay his life down for his friends. And we see this in John chapter 15, right, where it says in verses 12 through 13, and then again in 14 through 15, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So now all of those befriended by God, are brought into communities of friendships. And whether that's in the church, whether that's in ministry, whether that's through the woman of faith cohort, right? God gives us multiple opportunities to befriend each other, to live in community, 
with one another. And then the third insight that I want to share can be found in the book in the book of Proverbs, right? And Proverbs is a practical guide um, to forging true friendship because it gives us wisdom for navigating the complexities of our relationships. And it doesn't and it doesn't just address relationships in general, but friendship in particular. For example, it teaches us um, what to look for in finding true friends. In Proverbs 18, um, verse 24, right, it says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who stands closer than a brother. Right? So then when we look at Proverbs 22, verse 24 through 25, here it tells us, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. And this is so important because so often when our friends um, don't treat us right, or when we feel like our, uh, we're being mistreated by our friends, um, it may be, we may be tempted to respond to them in the same way that they have responded to us. And I will share an example here. Um, some years ago, um, I had a friend, you know, and my sister used to say that we were like tit for tat. And this was when I would call myself Petty Patty, right? Um, and we would often share indirect messages like on social media. And it would be like through those, through certain types of memes. And so she would post something as an indirect um, you know, comment to me, and then I would respond like the same way again, like being tit for tat, being very super petty. Ultimately, the friendship ended with her um, blocking me on social media. Um, and even when she did that, because the relationship, the friendship really meant something to me, like I loved this person I still love her till this day even though we haven't spoken in years even though we don't communicate um I reached out because I was not willing to let that be the end of our friendship like even though she blocked me off of social media and unfriended me and did all of that um I was able to let my ego go for the sake of the friendship and reach out to her and say listen like we can't let friendship the friendship go like this we need to have a conversation um, and she didn't want to do that. Like she just, she did not want to pursue the friendship. So ultimately we let the friendship go. But, you know, fast forward all these years later, we have to be mindful that in our relationships, we are not responding in the same way that our friends are because then we become like them. And so you don't want to allow yourself to, you don't want to ever give somebody the power to affect how you show up and, and, and how you respond. Because if you allow them that power, then in essence, you're giving them the power to change who you are. And you don't ever want to do that. So when we look at Proverbs 22 verses 24 through 25, 
right? Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. So you don't want to ever allow yourself to become like the other person, right? This is where we exercise being the bigger person. And if, you know, they move a certain way, let them move that way and then you continue moving in your own way. But this also shows us why loyalty is so important for cultivating friendships, right? Because it shows us that the one thing that is most damaging to, to relationships is when we lack the ability to, one, communicate, and then also to spread lies or secrets, right? And, and that's the danger. When you stop becoming friends with someone, when you're, the person that knows you the best is just is your friend. The one that knows all your secrets, right, is your friend. Um, and so you have to be careful that you don't allow the end of a friendship to turn you into a person who's going to go out there and spread people's, like, secrets. Um, because that says more about you than it does about um, the other person. Um, but this is why I really want to offer, as you know, as we start to end the pod- this week's podcast, um, David uh, and Jonathan from the book of Samuel as the example of what true loyal friends looks like. And I just fin- recently finished reading the book of Samuel because I'm reading the Old Testament. Um, And so when we look at David and Jonathan, if you remember, David is the one who beat Goliath, right? So when we hear the story of David and Goliath, this is the David that I'm talking about. And so when David beat Goliath, um, he became a member of King Saul's household. King Saul was the first king that the Lord had appointed over Israel, over his people. So when David became a member of Saul's household and had won many victories against the Philistines, he and Jonathan became close friends. Jonathan was King Saul's son, right? And so Jonathan saw in David a reflection of who he himself was. And isn't that what friends is? Like, isn't that what attracts us to people, right? That we have similar views on life, that we find ourselves in the same phase or journey in life, and that's what attracts us to someone else, um, and that's how we become friends. So Jonathan saw in David a reflection of who he was. And so this recognition pulled him outside of himself and bound him to David, right? So the friendship of Jonathan and David really is one of the most amazing friendships that we've seen. And Jonathan, you know, in the Bible, we see in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 3, he's described as a great warrior, someone who is honest and willing to face death as a result. He was nothing like his father, Saul. Like, he was the total opposite. But David was very similar in that way. David was a great warrior. He was honest and he was willing to face death as a result of it. And I think that that's really what made David such a great warrior. And ultimately, why God had elevated him to be the next king after Saul. And and that elevation was what caused so much conflict between Saul and David, because where David 
was always very loyal to Saul, um, Saul started to look at David as competition, you know, and he just, when he, when he first brought him in to his household, you know, as, as someone he loved, he ended up turning on him and he had, he developed this hatred towards David and he ultimately tries to kill him. And so all of this stuff goes on, you know, in the book of Samuel, but after David defeats Goliath, Jonathan is drawn to David. And so he makes a covenant with David, stripping himself of his robe and armor, his privilege and position, because being that he's the son of Saul, he was next in line technically to be king, right? But he, he makes this covenant with David because he loves him so much and he's loyal to him. And he pretty much says like, I'm just going to like, just, um, strip myself of what was rightfully mine. And he gives it all to David, right? And he loves David as himself. So in this way, he is a prime example of the Bible's greatest command, right? First is to love the Lord God wholeheartedly and then love your neighbor as yourself. And this was what Jonathan was doing with David. Like he loved David. He loved David like he loved himself. And I think that we are called to do the same when it comes to our friendships, that we would lay down our lives for our friends, that we would give our friends, right, the shirt off of our back, that we would love them the same way that we love ourselves. It appears that Jonathan's covenant with David is unilateral, that John, Jonathan is committing himself totally to his friend David, who he had evidently befriended when David served for his father, King Saul, and who he ultimately recognized as God, as God's anointed future king of Israel, right? And then when you think about this, when you think about what that means, without knowing what would happen in the years to come, Jonathan willingly gives his right to the throne to his friend. Like, could you imagine that? That you love someone that much that you would give them what is rightfully yours? Yet this was what Jonathan did with David. And as we re continue to read the book um, of Samuel, we will see that when Saul, you know, puts a hit out on David, he wants him dead. Like, Jonathan is the one that tells David, yo, my father wants to kill you, son, <laughs> basically. And he warns him and allows David you know, to free, to flee Israel and go into hiding until Saul ultimately dies. And then he is elevated, you know, into king, uh, into becoming king. Um, and so after King Saul drives David away because he wants to kill him, Jonathan restores David to fellowship with his growingly insane, crazy father. Right. And so a while later, Jonathan in 1 Samuel chapter 20, he makes a second covenant with David because of his loyal love for him, promising that he will do anything for David. And in spite of his father's attacks, Jonathan asked David to show kindness and mercy to his family, which David does. David honors the covenant that he made with Jonathan, right? And he spares Jonathan's son, you know, and then eventually 
um, you know, once Saul dies and David becomes king, you know, he, he really takes Jonathan's son under his wing. He lets him sit and dine with him in the royal court at the king's table, you know. And so all of this really, um, for me, just is, is the greatest example of true friendship and character. Because even though Jonathan's father, you know, was jealous of David even though he was like just always enraged and, and you know tried to kill David Jonathan never wavered in his loyalty to David and David never went back on the covenant that he made the promise that he made to Jonathan saying that he would never like he would spare his family which he did and so I encourage you to just look at your own friendships. Maybe there have been friendships that you have let fall by the wayside for whatever reason. Maybe your inability to communicate your feelings um, or your hurt or, or whatever. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to go back, you know, to those friendships, but instead use them as lessons learned. Right. And how are you showing up for your friends now? How can you be a better friend? How can you show up? For those who show up for you and are you living out God's example for friendship and what he gave us in the Bible through Jonathan and David? Like, how are you measuring up against that in your own friendships? You know, um, so I hope that you found some value in this week's episode. Um, I want to remind you that none of us can get through this life alone. We need each other. We need friends, you know, so take a moment and tell your friend that you love them, that you appreciate them, that you value them. And if you've messed up, say sorry, apologize. Don't let your ego get in the way of a friendship, you know, that is meaningful. Um, and before I go, I'm going to start. I want to share a blessing um, one of the gifts that I received from one of my women of faith um, sisters, Vanessa, was the uh, a group of cards. They're called Share a Blessing cards, right? So they're inspirational, inspirational and scripture cards to inspire others. So I'm going to pick one and I want this to be your inspirational message for the week. So this one says, Walk by Faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So I don't know what it is that you need to trust in God for this week, but this is your message. God wants you to walk by faith and he wants you to trust in him with all your heart. Even if you don't understand what it is you're going through right now, he does. And he is guiding you every step of the way. So until next time, thank you for rocking with me. Be intentional about your joy and remember that you were created for more. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Woman of Faith podcast. If this episode blessed you, consider supporting us by leaving us a rating, giving us a review, writing a comment, and sharing with your network. And if you feel really moved, you can consider making a financial donation to the link in our episode notes. Until next time, I pray that you are blessed, that you step boldly into what God is calling you to do, and that you never forget that you were created for more.